let's uh, make our confession before God, our declaration. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight, I want to continue with uh, the message on fear, uh, rule against your fear, that's come against your fear, because your fear is doing something in your life. So we want to talk about how to handle fear uh, tonight. We'll probably come back to this, but fear is a spirit. And faith is a spirit, according to the scriptures. Fear does something in our lives, and that's why Satan loves to use fear, because it opens the door for him to operate. And God loves faith. It opens the door for God to operate. God cannot operate in a life except through faith. He, just, he wants to do it, but he cannot. Because he said Jesus went to Nazareth, and the people saw a carpenter, and he said he could not do many signs, not miracles, because of their unbelief. Not that he had no power to do it, but their, their unbelief tied his hands. And he couldn't do it. And I'm sure he left that city by what had happened. They tied God's hand. But then the same thing goes with fear. Satan cannot do much in your life except he means to fear to you. And once he's got you to a place where you're afraid, then you've forgotten God. Now you open the door for him to operate. And we are all in this together. It comes at me just as he comes at you. All kinds of issues. Natural issues. You can't deny it. It's right before your eyes. Staring you at the eye. Threatening. It's so close to you, you've almost forgot, you almost forget there is a God. And, and, and then you grip with fear. You can't sleep. And then Satan continues with his ministration. All kinds of imaginations going through your head. What could happen? What you think might happen? He uses fear. And then there is a manifestation. The greatest conqueror of fear, according to the scriptures, the eliminator of fear, is one word, love. Love, according to the scriptures. Love eliminates fear. And we'll talk about that. It tells us in First John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love. Love has no fear. You know why? God is love. God himself is love. So if you abide in love, you abide in God. And if God is in you, then love abides in you, and there is no room for fear. It sounds good to hear, but how do we live this in the natural? Because we are confronted with all of these things that are coming at us. We just have to have faith. The Bible tells us this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. There's torment in fear, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So we got to be made perfect in love for us not to be afraid. So if I'm afraid, then there is no perfection of God's love in my life. But you see, perfect love casts out fear. Well, what else do you cast out? 
in Christianity. Demons, right? You cast out demons. God sees it this way. Fear is almost like a demon trying to lash onto your life. It's not resist the fear. Cast it out through love. Demons don't come into a life without an agenda. They're doing something. And fear also, by revelation, is wanting to do something, create something, alter your life, destroy your life. Fear is of the devil. Fear is of the devil. So, if you really love God, remember there is a healthy fear for God, which means He's so powerful, He's so awesome, I want to stay in line with Him. I don't want to go to the other way, because what's going to come to me, if I don't stay in love, is too great to even imagine the pain. Because the Bible says God is a consuming fire. That's one part. So the fear of God, of who He is, His love, that keeps us in line. But then to be afraid is different. You are afraid when you are not in line with God. Then you are afraid of Him because of what He could do to you. So there is fear of God. And then there is the... uh, the place to be afraid of God like uh, Adam did in the garden where he had to hide away from God. He said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. That's not a good place to be. The healthy fear of God is keeping us in line. So we love him and when you love God, there is nothing to be afraid of. He's never going to be against your life. There is nothing really to be afraid of. He'll take care of you if you love him. You see, no trouble comes into your life except what God permits. That's what the Bible tells us. And God cannot lie. You can read in the book of Job. In Job chapter 1 verse 12, it tells us that God told the devil, Okay, you can, uh, I let you deal with Job, but... You can only go this far. Read it. And Satan dare not cross that line. So when God allows it, he knows what he's doing. Remember the message on Sunday? All things work together for good. And if you are in love with God and you trust God, you know this thing coming at you. He allowed it for a purpose and it's for your good. So there is really no reason to be afraid because God with you. And He knows what He's doing. But when you become fearful, then you've lost sight of the God that you say you believe in. So we talk about the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is from the devil. It is a spirit. And we'll talk about that. I guess we just go to the Scripture, I'm going to go to Second Timothy 1, 7. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, what, what kind of spirit do we have? As Christians, the spirit of faith. And on the opposite side. When you are born of God, God has dealt to everyone... The measure of faith. So when you are born of God, when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, once that confession comes out of your mouth and you trust Him, God gives you the spirit of faith. And God says in this scripture here, for God has not given us, so God has given us one type of spirit. But the kind of spirit God has given to us is not the spirit of fear. But of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I generally, on my own, I say, God has not given me the spirit of fear because we're tempted to fear. Things come our way that will give you so. I think the spiritual word is, I'm very concerned. 
Okay? <laughs> we don't want to use fear. I'm concerned. Very. That's really spiritual. Why don't you say you're scared? <laughs> okay? But then I told myself, God's not giving me the spirit of fear. That's the only time to address it because you're feeling it there. You got to fight back. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but I have what? The spirit of power. You got power inside of you. Ephesians 3 verse 20 tells us that. According to the power that's at work in your life. So God has that in us. Power, love, and assignment. I can think this thing through. My mind is sound. In Romans chapter 8 verse 14 and 15 tells us, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God or children of God, for you did not receive. So when you were born again, you received. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So if I'm afraid, I'm bound. But if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. John 8 verse 32. You will be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And when you are afraid, you are still in bondage. So perfect love cast out all fear. Are we tempted to fear? Yes. But then you have to remind yourself the one to whom you belong. I belong to God. I don't have any reason to fear. In certain says, I know that, but you still have a reason to be concerned. That's the spiritual word, okay? You still have a reason to be concerned. What's wrong with being concerned? You want to bury your head in the sand, they tell you. And act like nothing's going on. So we have all these natural arguments to come against what God has already said. I look for God's word to, com- to combat what's happening to me and trust in God with what? All your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. That means I don't have any reason to be afraid. I believe God knows what he's doing. I don't understand it. But I know he loves me. Hello? He loves me. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He wanted you for his family. And when I'm a father, when something is happening to my child, it hurts me. Much more God. When something is happening to you and it's hurting you and you're crying and you're down, it hurts the Father. We don't know that, but that's what's happening in the spirit realm. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. But for you did not receive, in other words, for it, because you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption. You see, the spirit of adoption is the spirit of God, the spirit of love. There is no fear in that because you are born again and you have that spirit of God inside of you. But because you have the spirit of God inside of you, Satan is constantly tempting you to be afraid. Causing all kinds of issues coming at you and me constantly. You get out of one, he presents another one. And then something comes in the mail. And then you hear something. And then the doctor tells you, they tell you something. And it just all to get you to the place where you are afraid. But that's what David meant. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? God's with me. He is with me. So, fear is as of the devil. And faith is from God. These are two powerful forces. Both in our natural world and the spiritual world. These forces, fear and faith, can make things happen... From in our natural world, which is your life. 
fear can make things happen to you from the supernatural world, which is the devil, from the pits of hell, because you bought into fear. We'll come into that. Or it could be through faith, your life, something can happen to you in your natural life that will change your situation because of faith from heaven, because you're trusting in the Word of God, not what you see with your eyes. Uh, most of the imaginations that come to us, they don't come. You can see those things, but you can imagine them. And they're real. Some of those imaginations will make you sweat at night. Because the enemy keeps ministering these things, all kinds of stuff. That's why the Bible says, casting down imaginations. Because if you don't cast them down, they'll come to pass in the natural world. Self-fulfilling prophecy, right? We heard about that. Because you believe it so much. But you believe in the the other direction that had to do with fear and not faith. So, fear is from God. I mean from the devil. And faith is from God. Both of them will work in our lives and in our natural world. Faith comes through hearing the word of God. You can't have faith on your own. This is not in our natural world. It only comes, it's delivered to us through the scriptures. And fear is delivered to us by the devil from his own scriptures. Whatever that is, his ministering lies to us. And that's why the Bible tells us he's the father of lies. Let me ask you, why is he constantly lying to you? What is he trying to accomplish? To make you fear. And if you fear, then God is completely out of your side. Let me show you from scriptures how powerful these forces could be. So, you know, in our natural life, how these things can affect us. Now, you know the story of the woman that had the issue of blood, the flow of blood. I think just recently I started thinking about this woman's life. Did you know, think about it, how many years she went through her pain? We don't realize this, but if you think a little bit deeper into this, she had a life. She was working, probably not married. Life was going well for her because she had money, right? Things were going so well for her. She worked. She wasn't expecting anything but goodness, right? Everything was going so well for her. The Bible doesn't tell you how long she was okay. And then all of a sudden, it must have started one day, she saw something, and you know what will happen? What is this? It doesn't stop. Guess what happens? Fear grips you. And then you begin to think. And the enemy begins to minister. Now you're looking for solutions. Um, it's tough to say. I mean, we go through things. Twelve years. That's a long time. For blood to be flowing out of your body and not stopping. The heart to go to sleep because your mind tells you, Satan tells you, this thing's going to kill you one day. And in a time it was even worse. Because in the Old Testament, a woman like that is not allowed into God's house. No. You have issue of blood, you can't go to church. Stay home. You're defiled. So her life was completely changed. And she was spending so much money. We need to read that scripture. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. In other words, they'll give her hope. Wow, that's a little thing. I did this and I helped. I can handle this. We can help you. But no help. Money gone. Situation still the same. Maybe worse. According to the scriptures here, 
she says she had spent all that she had. So for 12 years she's spending money. Can't work very much. Consumed by the, with this one problem. Day in, day out. He says that she has spent all that she had and was no better. Still at the place, maybe worse. But rather, the Bible says she grew worse. And so she's thinking, this thing is going to kill me. I don't even have a relationship with God. I can't go to church. I'm defiant. I can't even sit around people. Well, that's a miserable life. Twelve years. But then she heard the word of faith. Amen? It says, when she heard about Jesus, what was she hearing about Jesus? We got a new prophet in, the, in, the, in town and in the land. He's healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. But she can't go to public places, right? But she's hearing all this. He's even raised people from the dead. And she's thinking, I'm not dead. I'm still alive. My case is good. So hope came. Amen? And she heard more. I'm sure if you, people, with the, sometimes I was sharing with, I guess it was carrying this money. We forget these people were human beings. Just like us. I'm sure she was trying, interviewing people. Where did you, were you there when this miracle took place? Yeah, I saw it. And then they tell about their story. So many people, and she's thinking, wow, but I can't address him in the public. How am I going to get my healing? She was in a really tough situation. But she heard the word, and faith started rising. Hope for a new life, for a better life. Maybe after this encounter, I'll be able to go back to church and serve God. But I can't talk to him. Can't tell why. What was happening to her was happening to her. Satan will probably tell her so many reasons why you're like, you see, you can't go to church. You must have committed your unpardonable sin. Okay? God doesn't love you. Look at all the other women in Israel. They're doing okay. You're just alone on your own. But she heard about Jesus. And she started having faith. He says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. In other words, she formulated the way she wanted to get well. I can talk to him in the public, but nothing stops me from touching him. And I believe, just go back to the scripture. I get too excited. <laughs> okay. It says in verse 28, For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That's faith. No longer fear. The only fear is how to get to him. If I can get to him and I can touch his clothes, faith, I will be well. I will be well. And notice, at this point, she had no fear. Fear is gone. All she's thinking is, how can I get to him? I don't want to talk to him. It's too embarrassing to talk to him about this in the public. But I'm gonna, I believe if I can touch his clothes, that's good enough for me. She came up with her own way to get well. But you come up with your own way, amen? And God will endorse it. She says, she touched his clothes. And verse 29 says, immediately. Immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She knew this is the end. Uh, sometimes God doesn't want us to get away with it. We have to testify. A lot of people don't want to testify. He says that Jesus turned around and he said to the crowd, Who touched my clothes? I mean, I mean, the disciples are thinking, what kind of a question is this? Who touched my clothes? The fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed from the affliction. 
And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You, you see the multitude strong in you, and you say, Who touched, my, who touched me? Everyone is touching you, Jesus. But everybody is touching in a different way. Amen? Some touching for just for admiration. I touch Jesus. But she touched just to get our problems solved. And that's the way we want to come to him. No matter what your problem is. We don't even have... She didn't even have to talk to him. Her faith spoke to him. And pulled that power from him to get are healed. You think, okay, everyone is touching you. Jesus will be quiet. I know Jesus knew who exactly did it. <laughs> but he says in the scriptures here, and he looked around to see who had done this thing. I'm sure she's thinking, I was not supposed to get this. I got it. I stole it. I'm really bad. This I've been really bad. And because Jesus was looking around and who did this? It's somebody. And she knew. And then she came up with it and told Jesus everything. I mean, that's how they got the story out, what happened here. A faith pulled out. No more fear. She told Jesus everything. And he said to her, verse 34, Daughter, what healed her? Your faith. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Who healed her? Her faith through Jesus. It was Jesus through our faith that brought healing to her. When there's fear, it's hard to have faith. But once you have light, then you have faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. There could be serious fear, but the more you listen to God's Word, the more you understand it, by and by, you begin to lose your fear. And faith rises. There's another story that's part of this story here. After she got healed. It says, while he was still speaking, there was actually uh, a man that had invited Jesus to come to his home because his daughter was dying. His daughter was dying. And Jesus had said, okay, I'll come with you. And there was a lot of hope. And on the way, to, on, on Jesus' way with this man, the father, to their home, now this lady trusts Jesus. I'm sure Jesus, the man, this uh, man is thinking, who did this stuff now? We're, we're already close to my home, and now look, you're holding everything back. It's going to get too late for us. Because he believed that Jesus, the child will live if Jesus got there in time. But the raising of the dead, that's another matter here. He says, come quickly before my, son, my daughter dies. And now the woman stopped and Jesus took a time, I mean his time, talking to her because she was special also. Amen? That's who you are. He takes his time for every one of us when we have a problem. He stopped to talk to her, confirmed it. Lady, you got it. I'm giving it to you. Amen? No one's going to take it away from you because if she's felt she stole it from him, she's going to have trouble later. Because Satan is going to come to try to steal that healing from her. But Jesus gave it to her. Spend that time. But after they finish, he says this. While, that's in verse 35. While he was still speaking, Jesus was still speaking to the woman, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. So this was a big guy in the church. He ruled a particular synagogue. And I don't know if Jesus had been in that synagogue before. But he was getting Jesus to come and help with his daughter that was dying. So someone came from his house and said, said to him, Your daughter is dead. 
why trouble the teacher any further? They said it so loud, <laughs> Jesus heard it. That's the way Satan wants it done. Even in the very presence of Jesus, he's shouting it out loud to discourage you. And I'm sure something came upon the man. You know what it is? Fear. Fear. Just by hearing the word, the message. Fear came in. He says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. So Jesus heard it. He turned to the man and said, do not be afraid. What do you have to do? Just believe. If you fear, you can't believe. If you believe, you can't fear. There's, no, there's not enough room for both of them to be in you. So that's where the battle is. Because the enemy wants to retain the fear that you already accepted in you, but you want to get out of it. And so you need the word, you need everything, whatever it is, to get you to be encouraged. Because until that fear gets out of you, your miracle is not on its, on its way. So the battle is really a battle against fear. Even in the presence of death, the real battle is not the dead person, the real battle is your fear. If you don't say amen, I will say it. Amen. The real battle is your fear. And that's the battle I have to deal with in life. Always something happening to cause me to fear. Fear of wants. Fear of pain. Fear of not, able, not being able to get to whatever. Fear of losing something that I have. Fear of not. Everybody has a different type of fear that you're dealing with. And if you love your fear, things will remain that same way. It won't change. Fear of height. If you give that fear, you always stay down. You won't go up. You won't enjoy what others are enjoying. Satan likes it that way, but God wants you to lose that fear. To fight the fear. And the way to fight is through the word of God. Because fear will produce and faith will produce. Here in this story, the woman had faith and the faith that she had, Jesus made it very clear, it was your faith that brought that 12 years of torture and torment put a stop to it. In a moment. Immediately. Her faith did that. This man's faith, because I'm sure he looked at the face of Jesus and guess what? When he looked at the face of Jesus and Jesus said to him, that's scripture, right? That's what we're reading tonight. Jesus, that was scripture in the making, right there. Jesus said to him, don't be afraid. Just believe. And I'm sure he looked at the word of God, that's Jesus, and saw his face. Oh, well, yeah. He knows what he's doing. And then if you read through the story, you never hear a word from the man again. As they were when people were crying, not a word. He was looking at the face of Jesus, the word of God. And Jesus moving in confidence. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. We we'll always have to remind ourselves, even when things are going really bad, like for us. Remember the Shunammite woman? And they said, the one without Elijah? Is the woman said, how is it going? It is well. Yeah, I got trouble at home. But I got God. It is well. Dead child at home, yes. But I've got God. I got you. You represent God. That's the Old Testament. You represent God and I got you. I found you now. It's okay. My problem is going to be taken care of. I got nothing to worry about. That's where the battle is. The, the fight that we are in is a fight of faith against fear. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power of love, and of a sound mind. That's what it is. God wants us 
to be free of fear. Very important. Fear will attract, <laughs> just like faith. Turn with me to Job 3. I believe we have it on the screen. Verse 30, 24 and 25. It says, For my sign comes before I eat. And my groanings pour out like water. For the sin I greatly feared, notice not the things I greatly fear, that was in the past. Before everything that happened to Job happened to him, he says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. So his fear brought those things to him. And you can read in Job chapter 1, the way Job carried himself. He was a righteous man, but he had fears. And he responded to his fears. You can read between the scriptures as you read, and you can understand what's going on. He was afraid he had sons, seven sons and three daughters, and they parted. And he would say to himself, maybe they cursed God in their heart. There's no way of him knowing that. But then he'll make sacrifices because he was afraid if they cursed God in their heart, something's going to happen to them. Guess what happened? He was expecting it. He was expecting it. So fear will manifest in our natural world, which is your life. Faith will also manifest in our natural world, which is your life. Whatever you are believing God for, or whatever you are afraid of, you will attract. You will attract. You know, faith speaks. If I listen to you talk, (laughs) or you listen to me talk, I can tell, is this faith or is this fear? And if you keep speaking fear, all of us, we all have fears. It's inside. Don't give birth to it. Once you say it from your mouth, you've already given birth. Now you've got to keep your baby. Oh, yes. So it's not like I'm acting like I'm really tough. <laughs> I'm just... Afraid of what the scripture says. Right? And so I keep my mouth shut. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so I may be fearful inside, but I don't want the devil to know that I'm fearful inside. I keep speaking the words of faith from the scriptures until faith takes over. Because faith also speaks. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13 makes it clear to us. And since we have the same spirit of faith, so faith is a spirit, fear is a spirit. God did not give to us the spirit of fear. But here, since we have, we have, not going to have, we have, all of us as believers, what do we have? We have the spirit of faith. If you are born again, you already have the spirit of faith. It's there in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that was in Peter, the same spirit of faith that was in Paul, the same spirit of faith that was in John, we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So you can place a believer and God can place you based on what's coming out of your mouth. Those 12 spies in Numbers, they said, we saw the giants in the land and and they'll kill all of us. And they were afraid. They cried all night. And God says, what I heard from your mouth, because they said, we're all going to die in the wilderness. God said, yeah, I heard it. You all would die in the wilderness. And they did. The only two that survived were the two that said, no, no, they are bread for us. They are bread for us. And we can take them on because God's with us. They were not afraid. They saw the giants. They were not afraid. The other ten, they saw the giants, and they were afraid they died. The ones who saw the giants without fear, they lived. It's a principle in God's word. From the Old Testament all the way to the New. 
the principle exists. I may not give because I'm not going back to this message. Let me give you a reason why God doesn't want us to fear. And how you can conquer your fear. I know we love God. There's only one particular reason that we don't, if you think on it carefully, then there is no need to fear. It doesn't matter whether they are throwing you into the furnace. You don't have to fear. This is what it says. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Key scripture. Please memorize the scripture. Go home, take the Bible, write it down, and memorize it. So when you are afraid, remember it and say it from your mouth. It's so important. God says, fear not. In other words, don't fear. I am with you. Okay? What's the key word? I am with you. That's the key. You shouldn't be afraid because God is with you. That's what David meant. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no harm upon my life. Why? You are with me. As long as you know God with you, He's going to work out. Things will work out. You have no reason to be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. This God that created the whole universe is on your side. He's with you. Going with you. And in, in Deuteronomy, he says, he is going before you. He is ahead of you. Before you got to the problem, he was there before you got there. And he is God. I am your God. He says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I mean, he need help tonight. And we need help in different areas. That's the reason we are afraid. God says, what that problem is, I'm going to help you with it. Don't be afraid of the problem. The reason is, I'm with you. The problem is nothing in the presence of God. I have to believe that. Don't be afraid because I am with you. I am not just with you, not just another person. This is God Almighty. Sometimes you got to think, you look at the whole universe... We have day and night because the earth rotates and revolves around the sun. God's outside of it. He doesn't have night and day. He's bigger than night and day. And He's the one with me. I should have no fear. And when I fear, that means I've lost sight of the God who is with me. How great He is. I'm thinking He can solve this problem. That's why he says, if you trust a man, you have a curse upon your life. Because they can't help you. I am with you. God says, I will help you. I'm going to help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm going to keep you up. Everybody may be going down, but I'm going to hold you up with my right hand. Verse 13, again, the same chapter, the same chapter, verse 10 we read. Verse 13 says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand. And that's an amazing thing. I was thinking about it. He said, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If God's holding you, holding you up with your, his righteous right hand, he said that you have your right hand up and he's holding your right hand. Okay? Or he'll be holding your left hand, right? Because he's using his right hand, right? But here he's telling you he will hold you up, hold your right hand up. How is he able? He's God. Amen? He's God. He can do anything. Amen. For I, the Lord, your God, that's what I want to let him know. You are my God. And you got to tell him constantly, will hold your right hand saying to you, don't be afraid, don't fear, fear not. I will 
help you. And God cannot lie. What problem are you having right now? Do you believe God will help you? If you can't believe, you still be in fear and dread and have torment because of all the imaginations of things that may happen. But as long as God is with me, yes, I may have made some mistakes. Okay? Maybe I brought this on myself. But that didn't deter God from being with me, right? He said he would be with me. I didn't say that. He said that. He knows how frail we are. But he promised to be with us. And being with you means helping you. That's what the scripture says. I need to read a few more scriptures and then close. It says, Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So God's going with you and there is no need to be afraid. We know Psalm 23 verse 4, the Lord, he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we talked about that, for he is with me. Psalm 46 verse 1 and 2, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. So God's always there. Why? Because he's with you. He is with you. Therefore, we will not fear. Say it with me. We will not fear, even though the earth be removed. That's how I strong, how strongly I believe in God. Even if the earth goes away, I'm still not going to be afraid. Why? Because God is my present help in times of trouble. And though the mountains be carried into the sea, in the, in the midst of the sea, I still will not fear. Everything is going down around me, but I'm sure God has already promised never to leave me, nor forsake me, so I don't have any reason to be afraid. And when I'm afraid, I talk to him. Read Psalm 34, I believe verse 4. Uh, it says, you cry out to God, he'll help you. He'll help you. God will help. If you cry, says, this poor man cried out, and God heard me. You cry out to him, he'll take you out of it. First, he delivers you from your fear. You can read Isaiah 54. You will not fear, he says. You will not fear. God will help you. In my mind, the greatest enemy is our fears. But they are real because they come from our, the world in which we live. And that's why the Bible says, why we look not at the things that are sin, but the things that are unseen. And that's drawn from, drawn from the book. That's what I need to believe. Stand up with me tonight. Time is really gone. They want to go back to this message. Fear is a killer. And that's Satan's number one weapon just to cause us to be afraid. And he does that to us through lying to us. He's the father of lies, telling us what we, he believes will happen, but we can reject what he's saying based on the word of God, and God will help us. Read that scripture again. I said Isaiah chapter what? 41 verse 10. Memorize it and repeat it over and over again. When you, you feel that fear coming and rising, say those scriptures. Uh, say it out to the Lord. Amen. Every one of us go through this. Uh, it's like, what's going to happen now? But God's with us. Amen. Would you lift your hands up to the, to the Lord tonight and let him know that you have no reason to be afraid. Whatever the challenges are that are coming against your life right now, it could be financial, 
It could be relationship. It could be whatever it is. It could be some disappointment and you don't even know if this can ever be resolved. But there is a God. And God says, I am with you. I will help you. I will help you. He will help you. How he's going to do it, I don't know. But I can wait patiently. Uh, the Bible tells us, wait patiently for our God and he'll come through for us. Amen. He'll come through for us. Father, our hope is in you. You've told us in your word, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, you said to acknowledge you. And you said you would direct our path. Tonight, Lord God, we honor you. And God, we say we refuse to be afraid. And everything that we've done wrong, according to your word, that might cause the enemy to come in, we declare they are under the blood. We are free from all of those things. And we have God with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us according to your word? For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, your purpose. Lord, let your purpose be fulfilled in our lives. Tonight, we lose our fears. In the name of Jesus, say it with me. Tonight, I lose my fear. I will no longer be afraid of this situation in my life. I cast my cares on our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have a good evening.